Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from February 19th, 2021 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is Chief Deputy Ron Heeg of the LaPorte County Sheriff's Office. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. It is February 19th, 2021. My name is Nate Lauks, and I'm your host today on Sound Off, and we are glad to have you with us. My guest today on the show is the, is the Chief Deputy of the LaPorte County Sheriff's Office, Ron Heeg. How are you, Ron? Well, Nate, if I was doing any better, I, they would be calling me Nate Lauks. But uh, with that being said, I'm doing great on this beautiful, sunny, yet chilly Friday afternoon. You know, I saw on the weather that we're uh, less than may, maybe about a week away from maybe a 40 degree day. So get your shorts ready. Get, get your flip flops out because, um, you know, we might even break the 40s here within too long. So I'm pretty excited about that. Hey, so. Forty degrees will feel like a heat wave for us. As chilly <laughs> as it's been and snowy as it's been, uh, I probably will be one of those that are in shorts out there. I love my shorts, <laughs> that's for sure. So, um, uh, Ron, I think a lot of people understand what a sheriff does, or at least have an idea. Anyway, they might know what a detective does. They they might know what you know a patrol person does. Tell me, what does the chief deputy do for the LaPorte County Police? Well, the, the chief deputy does a little bit of everything, if that answers your question. <laughs> I, I, I work in concert with the sheriff, provide him assistance with anything that he needs or answers to any questions. I oversee the, the day-to-day operations of the sheriff's office and the jail. I responsible for the department's budget uh, to make sure that we are spending money uh, responsibly responsibly and fiscally as possible and just a whole host of gamut uh, of different items that uh, go on at the sheriff's department i've got my hands um, kind of into a little bit of everything around here nate and you've been you've been the chief deputy the whole time that uh, sheriff boyd has been uh, elected I believe anyway. And how long have you been on the force for? I'm in my 24th year of the sheriff's office, Nate. Wow. Well, so I want to know a little bit. Now, you, you might know this, you might not know. In the 80s, my father was a police officer. And so I, I did know that, um, correct. Yeah. So in the 80s, he was a police officer. And so much has changed since then, right? I mean, since the 80s, when he he, he, he even got to take naps as a police officer because he worked the night shift. And so he would just set his, uh, his, his, uh, you know, his radar to, you know, like 90 to 90 uh, miles per hour. And then if anybody was really speeding on the north side of the county, then he'd get them. But uh, but lots have changed. Lots of more pressures on police officers and, and law enforcement officers. Uh, there's also just more required from a community on, on policing. What have you seen or what are some of the primary things that you've seen that law enforcement has changed in the 24 years you've been doing it? Sure, um, and you're right. A lot has changed in policing and law enforcement. Uh, not only since your dad was a police officer in the 80s, but when I first started in the late 90s, Nate, a, a lot has changed. And some of the biggest factors that have changed has been one, societal issues. When I first started on the department um, uh, back in the 90s, um, alcohol and marijuana and when i say alcohol drunk driving and mm -hmm. then marijuana use were the biggest issues that we faced on the sheriff's department back in the late 90s 
Uh, it's changed a little bit because now what we see in today's day is a lot of mental health and drug issues. And those kind of go hand in hand, uh, uh, so to speak, because we see a lot of uh, people who self-medicate with drugs because of some mental issues that they're experiencing. Uh, another thing that has changed immensely over the, the last 24 years, and, and your dad will attest to this, is the technology that's involved with being a police officer and the technology that's in a squad car nowadays. Uh, when I first started, we just basically had a radio uh, in the car and then maybe some some switches for the lights that turned on the lights and now you look inside of a squad car there's a laptop computer there's a printer there's a scanner uh, and a whole host of a lot there's a modem in the cars there's wireless internet there's a whole host of technology that's in these cars nowadays and that uh, that's challenging because all that technology and all those updated uh, uh, updates, so to speak, in the cars are very expensive, and, and mm -hmm. we've got to try to uh, maintain all that technology and, and that with uh, limited funds. Yeah, so shout out to your um, IT department. I'm sure they're an important component of what you guys do, especially keeping all those updated and, and things like that. Um, at last week's, or this week's rather, commissioner meeting, uh, Sheriff Boyd talked about the importance of body cameras and uh, the investment into body cameras is obviously not a small investment. And, and people don't understand it's not just the cameras that you have to invest in. It's it's also the cloud storage for the videos, these kind of things. But also just talked about, though, it, it is an essential investment, especially if, if you know, our police officers, A, want to feel like, you know, supported these kind of things, but also for the community to support the police. Police leaders all over the country are, are talking about uh, the need for a county countrywide approach to this kind of thing. Why for you, and, and maybe you disagree, but why are body cameras important for the LaPorte County uh, Sheriff's Office? Well, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, and this is my personal opinion as far as body cameras. I may not be 100% sold on them. I know the sheriff is, and we've been working diligently over the last couple of years to get body cameras. I'll support that decision and I'll stand behind that and assist in any way possible to get body cameras. It is, unfortunately, it is a sign of the times that we are moving into with society. Uh, there's been some incidents that have come up nationwide um, that have shed some negative light on policing in America today. Um, I guess my only hang up would be, um, would be that, you know, where did we as a society, Nate, um, kind of quit taking the word of a professional trained law enforcement officer who has nothing to gain, but he has everything to lose. Mm -hmm. And we started beginning to take the word of, uh, let's say, a career criminal who has nothing to lose, but he's got everything to gain. That just kind of just, I, I throw that question out. I just want people to kind of think about that. But um, you're right, body cameras are the thing. We are diligent, diligently working on acquiring body cameras, implementing them in the sheriff's office, and hopefully by the beginning of summer, we'll have them implemented here at the sheriff's office. You're right, cost is a major, major factor with body cameras. Uh, the initial infrastructure itself is very expensive, but on top of that, like you said, the storage to the cloud is is very very expensive and it's uh, it's a costly expense expense and endeavor to achieve nate 
Now, on Monday's show, we talked about Indiana House Bill 1369, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up here because, again, we, we, we it was a kind of a nuanced conversation about gun rights and gun laws. And most police officers I know, uh, you know, are, are pro-Second Amendment. So I, I don't know anybody that carries a gun for a living that isn't, you know, at least somewhat pro-Second Amendment. But I also know many police officers, though, that are also comfortable with, with some limits to that as well. Because when they go into a situation that, you know, they'd like to know, does this homeowner have a gun or, or, or are they licensed or things like that? So this new bill that came and just passed committee is uh, Indiana House Bill 1369, and it repeals the law that requires a person to obtain a license to carry a handgun in Indiana. Now, uh, some of the major statewide police organizations have pushed against this and said, actually, we're not in favor of repealing this law. And there's a couple of reasons why. A, um, I think there is some funding that comes to local police officers from this permitting process. And so, again, as we're talking about, you know, police officers or police departments that are strapped for money, uh, these are funding agents, right? Uh, but also be that they, they don't think that repealing this will will do anything to protect people um, and actually could hurt people because, as one police chief had said, they've actually had people apply for gun permits and they've turned them away and said, no, you shouldn't have a gun. And so what is your opinion on that? Where do you stand on some of this stuff? Do you think Indiana should repeal the law that requires a person to obtain a license to carry a uh, handgun in Indiana? Or do you think that the way the law is written now that you do need a permit, though it's not that hard to get, is, is a good thing? No, I definitely do not support the repealing of the handgun permit, and I support handgun permits. And, and let me start off saying you're absolutely right. I, I'm a pro-Second Amendment type of a guy, but uh, there should be some limits on that. And the Supreme Court has established those limits, and they have said that the gun permitting process is legal, and it is. And you're right, there is some funding that comes from that, and there's a reason. Um, uh, there's a process, and uh, was it last year or the year before, the state kind of revamped the law a little bit, and they made the five-year license free of charge to anybody. So if you want a five-year five -year license, anybody can come in, it's no cost. However, you have to go through that vetting process. However, if you want to get your lifetime permit, there is a cost to that. And again, I'm in favor of this permitting process as it serves several purposes for the, us at the sheriff's office. One, it allows us to vet all those who apply and it allows us to object um, anyone who may be, may be a, like a serious violent offender or anything like that um, uh, to those who should apply. Now, with, with that being said, we can object, but we cannot deny. That, the denial comes from the Indiana State Police. With that being said, I was checking on our numbers yesterday on this because I figured this topic would mm -hmm. come up. 99.6% of all gun permits that are applications that come through the Sheriff's Department are approved without any issues. So at less than a half a percent. Uh, we will object to, and that's because the person may not have been truthful on their application. There may have been something in their criminal history that they didn't uh, clarify or be honest with us about or anything like that. Another issue that I, I have with this is there's a safety factor for our deputies uh, who are working out on the street. Uh, when you're issued a gun permit, 
it's listed into the database just like your driver's license or, or your license plate in the, in the state database. So when an officer runs, let's say, Nate Lauks' driver's license and you hold an active gun permit, that information will be relayed to the deputies on the road. So now that deputy knows that you've got a permit, you may be possibly carrying a weapon, but second of all, it lets deputy know that you're proper and you're legal to have any weapon that is on you in that time. So there's a safety factor about that. Another point with having a gun permit, it allows you to uh, what they call reciprocity, and that allows you to go across state lines with it. And if you don't have that permit and you go across the state lines with your gun, good luck to you, because that, that's, that's going to be hard. How have you got that permit? The state of Indiana recognizes the other state's gun permits and, and vice versa. So there's some benefit to that as well, too. And finally, you're right, the fee that we do get with that helps us subsidize our firearms budget, uh, which supports our firearms training, helps us maintain our range, it helps us buy equipment such as new weapons for the new officers, or allows us to replace our tasers because the tasers are, uh, they're kind of like on a life cycle where we've got to rotate them out and buy new tasers uh, so many years. So that money that we collect from those fees goes in, helps us support our firearms budget. Uh, without those fees, we, we would be desperate in funds to support our firearms program. I, I know I was a little long-winded there. No, but no, that's I, important to know. I hope, hope I was able to get my point across. Well, and if uh, my last question before we take our first break, and then we're going to open up the phone lines and the text uh, text line and everything is, uh, if I get pulled over by the police and I start crying, is that going to help me to get out of a ticket? Probably not, Nate. Oh, dang it. What if I tell him I know Ron Heeg? <laughs> That's probably going to guarantee that you do get a ticket. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got uh, LaPorte County Sheriff's Office uh, Chief Deputy Chief Deputy Ron Heeg on the show today. If you have a question about um, law enforcement or any of the topics that we've just discussed here, or you got to uh, just want to comment to the uh, Chief Deputy about something, you're welcome to give us a call or a text two one nine three six two zero five two two. Call now. The phone lines are open, or you can email me at soundoff at ninety six seventy eagle dot com, and I'd be happy to ask the uh, Chief Deputy your questions. We're going to take a really quick break while you get to the phone lines and give us a call. We'll be back here on 96.7 The Eagle. All right, friends, welcome back to Sound Off today. We have LaPorte County Sheriff's Office Chief Deputy Ron Heeg on the show, and we're getting some texts to come in, some callers. Again, if you have a call or a text, don't be afraid to text me or email me. I'd love to, to ask the uh, Chief Deputy for you if you have a question. All right, Ron, let's get to the um, phone lines here. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Fine, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good good to have you on the show, Steve. What, uh, what's yeah. your question, man? Um, thank you, Deputy Heath, for coming on. This is Steve Hollifield. Um, I want to say this to start with. You, the sheriff, the entire force are wonderful. I back the police with 100% and have nothing but utmost respect for you guys. But my question today is, if you were called upon as security at a commissioner's meeting or a council meeting, to have someone removed for just exercising their right to free speech, and you guys feel there's nothing wrong, will you guys remove them, or will you allow them to finish their constitutional right of free speech? Thank you. 
Thank you, Steve. And, and that's a great, great question. And that's a question that, uh, you know, the sheriff and I have, have talked about. And we've spoke about with the commissioners and the council. Um, and, and we've advised them to just this. We ask that they exercise a lot of due caution and that only, only when maybe the um, individual is becoming out of control or anything like that, that they ask that us uh, step in. Because we, we believe in, obviously, the right of free speech and everything else. But there comes a point in time, Steve, that um, somebody's free speech is now starting to become um, out of control, maybe a little disorderly and, and, and charge of, and, and frame of conducting county business or county, county meeting. And maybe that person does need to step out. Sometimes emotions get the best of us and we can have a hard time containing them. We get that. Um, that should be an opportunity for people to vent, to voice their concern. But there comes a point in time that maybe enough is enough and maybe somebody's emotions are getting the better of them. And we will politely and gladly ask them to step away, step back, uh, to take a deep breath and cool down and maybe refocus, Steve. All right, we have another call, I think, on the line here. Let's get to another caller. Hello, you're on sound off, how are you? that me? Yeah, that's you. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm doing real good. Uh, hello, Chief. Uh, hello long there. Time How are, things, how are things in Galena Township today? Oh, beautiful but cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been battling frozen pipes and uh, uh, the, the thrills of wintertime. For an elderly guy, that uh, becomes an issue. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I... All's good. I got the water thawed out, so I'm uh, I'm happy up here. But uh, it's good to hear you again, and uh, I agree with your uh, position on that uh, licensing issue. Um, I, I, you know, I worked in <laughs> in uh, the Department uh, of Corrections for a long time, and the thought of felons being able just to carry guns with no screening, uh, that's not good. I mean, people always point out, well, they're going to have guns anyway. Well, yeah, but uh, uh, if we can uh, maybe hinder them a little bit, I think that's a good thing. But uh, anyhow, what I really called to say is thank you for all you do in your entire department. I'll tell you, um, it's an exceptional department that you have there. And as an elderly guy, I, I truly appreciate <laughs> having a good sheriff's department. So, well, well thank anyhow. you so much for those kind words. And you're right, we do. We have an excellent team here. We could not be more proud of the team we got there, we've got here. Um, and I've said it before, it's because of the great staff that we got here that obviously makes the sheriff and uh, myself look good and it appears that a great job is being done. But it's because of the hard work and uh, dedication of the men and women here at the sheriff's department that do a, a day in, a great job day in and day out. That's for sure. And you know, we talked about you know the handgun permitting and, and the um, the topic of free speech. Those are very important items because those are the number one and number two items on our bill of rights. So um, you know that's nothing to take lightly, and that's some uh, some. Shallow water to tread in, or maybe deep water to tread in, because they're number one on and two on the Bill of Rights, and they're up there for a reason. Uh, so that's something that we we don't take lightly here at the sheriff's office, and uh, we really take it to heart. 
All right, thanks so much for calling. Uh, here's a text we received. Hey, Ron, this is Richard Mormon. You're doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Are you? Are did you tell people to call in and tell nice things about you? And can you maybe tell them to call in and tell nice things about me occasionally? Jeez. <laughs> I did not, but uh, I feel like I, I have to owe these people some money for paying them <laughs> to say nice things about uh, about us. And I, I, Richard, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, again, uh, we come in every day and we're trying to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And we've got us an ama- amazing, dedicated staff that really kind of shines and, and helps us to look good. That's for sure. All right, here's another text question we received. Why doesn't the county of LaPorte do road checks where they block the road and check cars for driver's license and insurance and check the car to make sure they are safe to be on the road? It would then generate revenue. Yeah, that's kind of a a touchy. We can't just have roadblocks just to have roadblocks. We can have a checkpoint, so to speak, on uh, like DUI enforcement uh, only, and this is all that's dictated through the Supreme Court. However, to have a roadblock, it's very manpower intensive uh, to have a checkpoint or a roadblock. So we would rather prefer to have the guys go out in their cars and be on patrol looking for it. Uh, we host throughout the year uh, during the holidays and weekends. You'll hear it and see the stats of DUI t- task force. Uh, that gets the guys out there in their patrol cars moving around and, and looking for the infractions and, and for the violations uh, of the OWI statute. But uh, a, a checkpoint or a roadblock, so to speak, it's just very manpower intensive. All right, here's a one more comment through text that we received. Uh, the chief says limited funds and the cops should get paid less so they can afford to have more technology. A comment there. All right, let's get to another uh, caller here. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, you guys. Hi, Ron. Uh, Jeff uh, Santani here. Hey, Nate. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Good to hear from you, man. Hey, hey, good to hear from you guys, or you guys too. And, um, uh, well, one thing I want to say, and I always have, it, it was either uh, be a fireman or, or a police officer, and I've supported uh, the men and women in, uh, in blue and brown uh, my entire life. And I'll tell you, if you're somebody out there that doesn't, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you in the butt one of these days, uh, uh, you know, because um, that's, that's what you guys are there to do, to uh, protect and serve. And so, uh, you know, you wrongdoers, um, sooner or later, like I say, it, it, your, your luck's going to run out. But my question was, because I caught the tail end, um, as far as our Indiana gun permits, I'm a, I'm a lifer too, um, and uh, are, what, what are the other, are there surrounding states that do, um, again, accept ours? And if there are, which ones are there? Are they? And uh, which ones do we accept in Indiana? Right. It's my understanding, uh, if, if I read the statutes in that correct, that as long as you're properly permitted in the state of Indiana, the other states will honor that. Just as if you're properly permitted in another state, Indiana will honor that. It's an agreement between all the states, just like your driver's license will allow you to drive in another state. And just like the other state's driver's license will allow you to drive in the state of Indiana. Um, so we honor everybody's driver's license, gun permits, so on and so forth. Um, and I know, uh, Chief uh, Deputy, that that is one of the another one of the pushbacks, honestly, by some gun owners as well. That 
doing away with this and not having a permitted gun process means reciprocity goes out the window. And so uh, you could go to another state and and if you are caught with a gun in another state, there is not a nationwide reciprocity. So you would definitely um, uh, face the legal um, liabilities of that. So you're correct. And and reading some of the legislative updates that are coming out of Indianapolis during this session, that seems to be one of the biggest hurdles and tackles that the legislators are encountering and dealing with in regards to maybe eliminating the gun permitting process here in the state of Indiana is just that, Nate. All right. Here's uh, we'll get to this uh, text uh, before we take another break here. Here's a a two parter two-part question for you do you support hr bill 127 this is a a federal law here and uh, would you or your department partake in the seizing of firearms if law-abiding citizens do not comply with uh, hr 127 or any of these you know laws or anything and i i will summarize for our listeners um what hr uh, bill 127 is it establishes a nationwide gun registry that is searchable by the general public, mandates licensing to own or possess a firearm, and requires a psychological evaluation prior to obtaining such a license, and institutes magazine and gun bans. I will say, as I looked that up, uh, the site that I looked it up said that there was less than a 1% chance of this bill actually passing, but I do want to get your opinions. Uh, would you Do you support that bill, and would you enforce it if it became law? Me personally, and I can only speak on me personally with this question, uh, to answer both of those questions, absolutely not. I don't support uh, the banning or seizing of guns, and nor would I, as a leader in law enforcement, order or support any um, uh, law that would go out and order us to go out and support and seize that. Because as police officers, we're, we're uh, vested to uphold the Constitution of the state of Indiana and uphold the Constitution of the United States. Um, and again, we're going to go back. Uh, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, especially the Second Amendment, protects just that. And uh, that's number two for a reason. And I've been sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States. So to answer the questions, absolutely not. And I, again, I, I don't think, based on just my limited reading here, that there's any chance in whatever way that that's ever going to really make it off the ground. But sometimes you get bills put out there and people have an idea and they throw it out there. But I don't think this is one that's probably going to get much traction. I agree right. with you. All right. We're going to take a really quick break here on Sound Off and uh, get back to some more questions and your calls with Chief Deputy Ron Heeg. If you have a question uh, for the or a comment, rather, uh, for the Chief Deputy, you're welcome to call or text the show uh, today at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967 Eagle. While you do that, listen to some of these sponsors because this is how we get to have such a great radio station here on 96.7 The Eagle. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Nate Laux, and you are listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. We're taking your calls and your texts for the Port County Sheriff's Office, Chief Deputy Ron Heeg. Let's get back to some callers here today. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Hello, you're on Sound Off. Hello? Yes. Hey, uh... I want to ask, ask the officer, uh, you there? Yeah, sorry. You, you're, you're, you're also listening to the radio. Just listen to the phone right now. Go ahead and listen just to the phone. 
Go ahead and ask your question. Okay. I want to want to ask how serious we are on this. Uh, no using a telephone when you're driving. I know, I know a lot of times these cities, they make ordinances. They never follow up and enforce them. As far as I'm concerned, this deal about this telephone deal, I don't think we're really getting serious about this. I see more people on the phone today after they made the law than I ever did before. And they're they're not being sneaky about it. They got it right up to their ear. They're right downtown. They're driving any place around. And it seems like there's nothing being done about it. Are we slapping their hands? Are we fining them? Because if we're not fining them, you're never going to get the problem taken care of because nobody's going to ever take it serious. Mm. All right. Uh, Thanks for calling. Chief Deputy, what, uh, what do you have to comment on that? You know, that, that, that's a great question, and absolutely we're taking it serious. Uh, we take any law, whether it be speeding, uh, reckless driving, driving while intoxicated, running a stoplight, uh, going around railroad gates, we take that all seriously, and, and we enforce any violation that we do encounter. Uh, but with that being said, we enforce speeding, people still speed. We enforce uh, going around traffic gates and the uh, railroad gates, People still go around the gates. People still blow through the stop signs. People still drink and drive. And just like this, people are going to still, regardless if it's against the law or not, and hey, you have to go hands-free, people are going to still put their phone up to the ear. All right, let's get to some more uh, texts for you in our last final minutes of the show. Is there such a thing as safety speeding? Safety speeding? I, I would say no, uh, uh, the fast maybe safely go, speeding is what they meant. Safely speeding. Yeah. Um, I would. I'm going to say no because it's been proven the faster that you go, uh, the more you are to incur injury or even death uh, if you're involved in a motor vehicle accident. Slower is better. All right. Um, here's another question we received through texts. Does tribal police have jurisdiction in Laporte County, and if so, how far? Um, you, you know, that's a great question because in the state of Indiana, uh, all police officers are, are get their police powers through the state of Indiana. Unlike our neighbors to the north in Michigan, they get their powers through their individual departments. And I know a lot of the tribal officers up there are deputized by the sheriff's departments in the counties they work for. If they have powers in the state of Indiana, then I'm going to say yes that they join the club with the rest of us, that they have police powers throughout the entire state of Indiana. Just like uh, I have, I can be in Southern Indiana and I can still affect arrest because in Indiana, we get our arrest powers by the state, not by the individual county or department. All right, another text for you. Is it legal to carry a stun gun or does somebody need a permit or certain power surge to carry? But you know that's that's another good question, and I don't I know there's not a permitting process for that, but I'm uh, I'm not 100 uh, percent on the legalities of stun guns. Um, I I don't know why anybody would want to carry a stun gun, but if if that person wants to call me at three two six seven seven zero zero and extension two three three five, or if they want to send me an email at rheg at lcso.in.gov, I will be glad to check into that for them. All right, one more text here before we get to the next caller. 
All praises to the sheriff's department. Is there a procedure that a permitted gun owner should use during a traffic stop? That's a great question. That is a very good question. And we see that uh, a lot. Just, just act normal, act natural. Maybe put your hands on the steering wheel as the officer approaches the car and inform that you're carrying a gun. Uh, I don't know how many times in, in my tenure as a police officer, every time I would approach a car, I would have several uh, drivers say, just to let you know, officer, I, I do have a weapon on me or I have a weapon in the car, and, and that's fine. Thank you for the heads up, uh, and let's not do anything crazy or anything like that. So, you know, maybe put your hands on the steering wheel and, and be respectful and just let the officer know if you're carrying a firearm on you, and that kind of puts the officer at ease a little bit as well, too. All right, let's get back to the callers here. We just have a couple minutes left on the show, but I'd love to get another caller. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Would that be me? That's you. Welcome to the show, buddy. Okay, hi. I got two questions, actually. Um, the first one, when you buy a gun, it is automatically registered, correct? And the second one, when you talk felony, is it serious felony or is, say, for instance, a person's got a DUI or uh, a D felony OWI, would that fall into the purview of, of uh, felony? I'm trying to buy a gun or get a permit. Uh, correct. To answer your first question, if the guns are registered, if you buy it through a dealership, uh, they'll kind of register the transaction through the um, uh, through the ATF. Um, uh, so it's kind of registered in that sense. But if, if you were to buy a gun from your buddy, then it wouldn't be registered or the transaction wouldn't be registered. There's there's two, uh, a felony in the state of Indiana, a felony is a felony. So it doesn't matter if you have a, a DUI felony or, or if you're a serious violent felon. Uh, you, you're not allowed to possess a gun as a felon in the state of Indiana. All right. Here's a, a, a comment here. Illinois does not honor Indiana gun permits. I know I live in Indiana, work in Illinois. I have researched this extensively. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Our, our neighbors to the West, unfortunately, don't like to play nice with others. Um, we've experienced that well as well. But All right. Yeah. Uh, here's another question. Sorry, I get into it as many as we can. Why do people not get into trouble for driving with no license or insurance, especially when they get into an accident? Uh they do get in trouble if they do if they don't have a valid driver's license. A lot of time that is a, an offense that the officer summons them into court by writing them a citation versus taking them to jail. That's because this the offense um, uh, severity of the offense that uh, doesn't require us to take them in the jail. And as far as the insurance aspect again, and we deal with this quite a bit. When I first come onto the sheriff's department years ago. Uh, we used to write tickets for not having any insurance um, on a vehicle. However, the state of Indiana took that responsibility away from uh, police officers throughout the state, and they have made that an administrative process that the BMV handles without having any insurance on a vehicle and any penalty that may incur from that. All right. Let's get to another question here. With your last question, what about not impeding the flow of traffic? So, if traffic is doing sixty-five or sixty, and a and a fifty-five, sorry, let me let me translate this. Sometimes the text, if traffic is doing sixty in a fifty-five, and I'm doing sixty, is that still against the law, even though I'm staying with the flow of traffic? Okay. <laughs> 
Let, to answer the question, technically, yes. Anything above 55 is technically speeding. However, a lot of good common sense comes into play with that. If, uh, if you're doing 60 and the traffic's all flowing, are, are you going to get pulled over by a police officer for doing 60 and a 55? Chances are probably not. Because, again, we like to use a lot of good common sense and officer discretion and, and how we enforce traffic violations and everything else. All right. Here's uh, one question we received that's a little different. Uh, Mr. Ron Heeg, what brings you joy? Uh, my, my family, for, for one, really brings me joy. And two, I, I thoroughly love my job here at the Sheriff's Office. Um, I mentioned earlier I'm in my 24th year here at the Sheriff's Office. It has not felt like that. Uh, they say if you love your job, you'll never work a day in my life or in, in your life. And I truly feel like that, that I, I don't really feel like I work here at the Sheriff's Office. And I'm lucky to come in here and, and do the job I do uh, on a daily basis. That's for sure. All right. I'm going to give you the final word. Anything that you want the people to know? I just want uh, everybody to continue to be safe out there. I know we've um, had a long past year with COVID and the winter. There's light at the end of the tunnel with vaccinations and the numbers are dropping. Uh, continue to be patient, continue to social distance, continue to wear masks. Let's be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And everybody have a safe and wonderful weekend out there. All right. I want to thank you, Chief Deputy Ron Heeg, and thank you for listening. Sound Off is a community conversation program that airs each week on 96.7 The Eagle on Mondays and Fridays. We're produced by Dennis Sedell, edited by Jeff Woogazer, and I'm your host, Nate Laux. We'll be back here on Monday to talk about other issues that are important to you, our listeners. But until then, have a great day. Enjoy your weekend and keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Take care. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast on 96.7 TheEagle.com.